Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And thank you for sticking with us all this time on our Rhythmia journey. Rhythmia. So this is part 12. Yes. And thank you all for getting us to 3,000 new and upgrading members. Yes. At MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Thank you so much. So you know what that means. You get an episode. Oh, and that means that we have already gotten past 2,500, so we're going to contact Mike Cleland, ask him to come on the show. Uh Uh-huh, owl guy. And it also means I've got to get cracking on this artwork for the map that shows all of our investigation locations. Yeah, very exciting stuff. So a little later in this episode, we will announce what our stretch goals are. Oh, that's right. (laughs) No one's heard these yet. But not yet, not yet, not yet. Okay. First, we'll tell you about Rhythmia. So everyone's heard my story, and we had our interviews with Jerry and Dr. Jeff. So let's go back and see what was happening the rest of Friday. So it's now Friday morning. I didn't write down what I had for breakfast, Ross. I'm so sorry. Well, I know I would have had a muffin if I was in any condition to have a muffin, Sure. I did not eat breakfast this day because I went straight from the ceremony back to my room, tried to collapse for a little bit, but I didn't fall asleep. I was pretty frazzled. You went to The The Answer answer Is is You. Okay, so there were five of us there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay, everyone was recovering or... Right. Actually, I think... We were all still in that room over there. Uh huh. All five of us had not done the ceremony. Makes sense. And two people just openly said they were on their periods. No. That's okay. why they weren't allowed in. I remember on the third night, I don't think I mentioned this, a lot of people were pointing out how many people were missing. And then I thought the fourth night as well, but I guess maybe only like five people. I thought it would have been more. Oh, right. But there were people not coming to the ceremonies after they had gone to earlier ones. Also possible they skipped the ceremony and the answer is you. No. Oh, yeah. A couple things that stood out from this talk. One is that Paola played us a video by someone named Prince EA, who I guess is pretty popular on YouTube. I hadn't heard of him. Mm-mm. But he had a song about how great the song Row, Row, Row Your Boat is. <laughs> He's it's a like, great song. He's like, it's row your boat, not row someone else's boat. And you have to go with the flow gently down the stream. <laughs> You're deriving too much meaning from this, but I'm glad it makes you happy. This reminds me of an exercise that Sam Harris once introduced where you could find deep meaning in anything. Yeah, of course. And he went to a bookstore and grabbed just a random book. It was a cookbook. And he just flipped open and there was some salmon recipe or something. But then he just piece by piece found significance. Now, you cube the salmon and cubes have sides and all issues have many sides and just found (laughs) Uh, deep meaning in every aspect of it. So I love it. You can do that with row, row, row your boat as well. Yeah, it's true. So every circumstance is your assignment, we're told. Yeah, basically the theme here would be in your lifetime, you will probably run into the same problems over and over Hmm. and certain ones will stick out to you as like, God damn it, why is this happening to me again? Right. What is it about me? Why do I keep attracting the wrong kind of woman? Right. Whatever it may be. 
yeah, or whatever. And she said, well, the healthy way to address that is to say, I'm meeting this lesson again, and this time I can do it better. Oh, that, that okay. That's nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I Proactive. Liked, yeah, I liked her take on that. She had us do a little exercise where we wrote down the names of people who it was difficult for us to have compassion for, ah. and then write the word compassion under their names. So you wrote Tony Robbins? <laughs> I did not. Oh, but he's in the news right now. It's not good. No, I wrote DJ Grothy. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Brian Thompson. All right. Yeah. Then we all had a heart meditation because, you know, they're into that heart math stuff. Oh, yeah. So New heart, I, heart math. So we were supposed to ask our heart what we need and like don't impose the answer on it. Just like take the first thing that floods into your consciousness. Okay. And Carrie's doing the a double Mormon woman pose. <laughs> That's true. She's got, got my, each hand over her heart. My hands spread over my heart. So I asked my heart what I needed and it told me to eat with Drew. Oh. Yeah. Oh, all right. And so when I came home, I told him, I want to eat together more often. And we, we started making more dinners together and stuff. It's been quite lovely. Oh, I like it. We also learned that 21 seconds of hugging resets your immune system. Okay, great. Mm. You don't need any more info. Good. No, yeah, I'm sold. <laughs> I think that was said by someone who enjoys long hugs. Uh-huh. And they're like, I'm going to make this a thing uh-huh. so I can go into the awkward... Hug Long phase. Hug. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Clever. Also, what does resetting your immune system mean? Nothing. Like become a baby? <laughs> that would be very bad. You need to get <laughs> Every all time your. You, hug someone, you, you need, just you need all your baby. vaccinations all over again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or maybe when you get a new heart, what if it's a baby's heart? It's too oh, little for your body. Right. Or what if it's got residual blood in it that's the wrong blood type? Oh, shit. Yeah. Or what if your body starts rejecting this new organ yeah i've been wondering with this whole new heart idea if like getting a physical new heart changes you so profoundly what happens to people with heart transplants mm, these are all good questions yeah well if they get a 21 second hug i'm sure they'll be fine <laughs> they'll reset so that was the answer is you yep all right and i realized i am indeed the answer oh and i think this was the one where Michael Beckwith showed up at the end. Oh, did, yeah. did he actually talk? No, no. Paolo just said, and the man's here himself or something like that. And he was standing in the back of the room and came up and hugged her. And she was like, this is Michael. He introduced this whole program. And that was it. Awesome. Yeah. So also I went to lunch and I had been getting texts from you oh, about yeah. your not so great experience. And I was starting to get worried. Right. So I said, oh, I'll meet you at uh, Roots, which is the name of their restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I was eating for a bit. You didn't come for a little while. And I was like, it was okay. And then you came and you looked the most worn down I've literally ever seen you. Wow. And you've seen me in some weird situations. <laughs> yeah. But just the light was gone from your eyes. Uh, you just looked like a shell of a man. <laughs> oh, no. But- we, we have a picture of this. Yeah, yeah. That we have shared. I had you hold up your We Won sign. So it's, yeah, it's me with my beard and my bedraggled hair. And I'm holding up this notebook that I've got right now, which says on the back, We Won. Thank you. I'm back. I'm okay. I'm I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) And speaking of I'm sorry, you were telling everybody how sorry you were. um, (laughs) Because, you know, you felt really bad for maybe screwing up the ceremony. But everyone was telling you like, no, no, like stop apologizing. It's all part of the process. You weren't as bad as you think. I was still so embarrassed. Oh, I bet. I bet. There's also that weird thing of like when someone apologizes for something and it's like polite that you apologize for that. That's good. But I can't really say like, 
yes, you should have apologized. Uh, but there's that weird dynamic where then the mm-hmm. person's like, no, 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 it's fine. No, I'm really sorry. No, 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 it's fine. No, I'm sorry. And that was definitely happening here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But oh, man, it was worrying to see you in that state. But you came out of it pretty fast. Oh, good. Yeah. Whew. So then we went to go find out when we were going to interview Jerry. And then he said, hey, can I talk to you later? They called us and asked us, can we postpone it again? Mm -hmm. We said, okay. Mm -hmm. Then we talked to Jerry and you've heard that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Was there anything else before the Breath of Life? I don't think so. That's the next thing I've got. Okay. So we went to the Breath of Life. So this is breath work, not holotropic breath work, no, apparently. No, 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 no. We don't know what that is, but this is not that. <laughs> That's essentially yeah. what they said every time we mentioned it. You may think this is the same thing because you're controlling your breathing in a specific way and breathing really rapidly and you're going to have visions. But other than that, it is totally different. It's totally different because we put you on an inclined plane at a slight angle. Also, it's very different because you've already done that and you should be excited about this new thing. <laughs> I think that is the real reason. (laughs) So we got back in the flight deck. They'd already cleaned it up from the previous night's ayahuasca ceremony. And this was going to be led by Marty. He's a breathwork practitioner. Yeah, we were, I guess, later than everybody else. So we had to sit kind of on the outskirts. He was located over in the shaman area. Mm -hmm, The middle ground. Right, of this kind of three-part building. And we were off almost to the far right end right next to these big air conditioners that were making a lot of noise. It was funny because I think I was just barely on the edge of where Marty's voice could reach. I was like the last person to get the voice. And, and then, then you were one person over. Two feet over. later and Yeah, was and me. you were like, what's happening? It was like kind of surreal for I me. I couldn't hear him, and I hadn't slept properly since the fourth night of ayahuasca. So I'm tired, I'm discombobulated, and I can't hear this guy. So yeah, I wasn't getting too much out of this. Well, I got a little bit, and I was writing it down, so I'll tell you what you missed. Oh, good. Thanks. So, we learned that everything works better with more oxygen. Everything. Everything. Like anaerobic. Stopping a fire. Bacteria work better. Okay. All right. Whatever. (laughs) We'll give it a pass. Uh, Oxygen gets rid of disease and toxins. Oh, what? It gets rid of disease and toxins. Okay. Two very easy things to say. So what we will be doing in this session is emotional cleansing through breath work. Oh, yeah. I have in my notes, really hard to hear this guy. Physical, lots of mumbo jumbo about oxygenating cells. Uh Uh-huh. There you go. Emotional. Emotions and breath are linked. True that. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah. All right. That works out. Breathing becomes shallow if I'm anxious. They sure said that at our holotropic breathwork sessions. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a deeper, more fluid breathing, more like calmness. Okay. But it could bring up old experiences, and you got to accept those experiences, don't resist them. So that's starting to sound a little bit to me like memory garbage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oxygen is full of prana, which is life energy. That's onto the spiritual aspect of this. And so you may feel more connected to yourself, to others, to source, which is their word for like God or Yeah, he said prana is the stuff of God. So when you inhale, you receive. And when you exhale, you let go, release toxins, and let go of effort. Hmm. Effort. So we're going to breathe through our mouth and keep our eyes closed and do a deep belly breath. Or there's an alternative. There's a girl push-up version, which is uh, (laughs) belly, then chest, then exhale. 
So oh, it's a right. three-part breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. By the way, girl push-ups are nonsense. Just in case anyone was about to write to me and be like, girls can do push-ups. I know. Yes, yeah, girls, you, girls can, can do, do push-ups. push-ups. Okay, so we will breathe in the present, and this technique will actually block the doors to the future and the past. Oh. Which is interesting, because he just told us it might bring up old memories. Oh, yeah. That's hard to do if you've blocked off the past. The past. All right. Yeah. But yeah, the whole purpose is just lean in, let go. Don't force the exhale, or you can accidentally end up hyperventilating. Oh, I remember him saying to let go of energies that are no longer serving us. I oh, like that. Yeah. That seemed nice. Yeah. Yeah. It really like seems pretty similar to holotropic breathing at this point. So that it we, really did. Yeah. Kept hearing that it was different. So he told us when we're partway through, he'll have us hold our breath as long as is comfortable, which is totally a holotropic breathing thing too. Like hmm. I found with holotropic breathing, once I got into the high, if you will, that if I held my breath, I would go like way deeper. So mm. yeah, it all seems to be about eliminating certain parts of your breathing and holding your breath as long as possible. Okay. Oh, and we also learned about toning. Do you remember toning or could no. you not hear him? Oh, this is really funny. So he told us one of the things we could do to amplify the energy is to create a tone as we exhale. Oh, and, yes. And okay. His example was like, oh, and I was like, oh. A less spiritual person might call that singing. <laughs> right. Oh, no, I do remember that because I ended up making a lot of tones. Okay. I have a little diagram here. In belly, out mouth, in belly slash chest, out mouth, in belly, out tone. It was very complicated. It was yeah. Like, it was like one of those more complicated breathing patterns from Definitely. holotropic breath work or another investigation that we haven't released uh-huh. just yet. Yeah, I feel like with both of these modes of breath work, I feel like once you learn it, it's so simple that they try to overcomplicate it so you'll feel like you still need the class. Yeah, so you're learning a system and not yeah. just like, hey, do this thing. Yeah, did you know that okay, you can do fun. this crazy thing? Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How can we draw this out into half an hour? Right, how can this still be my thing that I sell? So we all laid back. Most people had these mats that were elevated so that you'd be at an angle mm-hmm. off of the ground, like, like maybe a 30-degree yeah, angle. 30, 40-degree angle. So we didn't have those at first, so we were propped up on pillows. But then they found some extra ones and brought them out to us. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's actually it's funny because I started on the pillows and I was doing the exercise. And later on, I kind of woke up and I had one of those inclined planes underneath me. So oh, someone swapped it out when I wasn't paying attention. Oh, yeah. Someone did that to me, too. I think they did us at the same time. Okay. So do you recall as we started doing it, was there music? Yeah, they were playing music, okay. which made it all the harder to hear oh, yeah, to what hear they Marty. were saying. Yeah. But I was doing the thing and our old friend who had asked us to observe the sacred silence (laughs) sandy sandy she was around so she came over and she was helping all the people in our area to get down the breathing so that was good because i had kind of heard what he was saying and i had some notes but as i started the breath work she came by and she said okay well here do this and uh, she put her hand on my belly. I said, move my hand. Okay, so mm-hmm. I did that. Make sure you're breathing through your diaphragm. And once she seemed to be happy with the pattern I had gotten to, she left and, and let me do it. But yeah, I remember I was making the tone a lot. That was a regular thing. So I would be going, Whoa! Oh, okay. Every Kind of breath. beyond tone. Yeah, sometimes longer. Sometimes I'd hold it for a really long time. Oh! Mm-hmm. And then... 
do the whole breath cycle thing that again. reminds me of our disney album <laughs> which everybody should go download yeah that's right anyway so we start breathing and yeah it's just that quick rapid breath and just like we discussed in the holotropic breathing episodes you're just trying to eliminate the pause between your inhale and your exhale mm-hmm. that seems to be the most important thing and yeah then he would have us hold our breaths at certain points and boy is that effective hmm. for me anyway okay it was working for you yeah i was doing the thing over and over my mouth was getting super dry and uh, yeah. i wasn't slipping into it like i had at holotropic breath work And I remembered what worked for me there was kind of moving my limbs. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing that a bit, but I was just so tired and worn out at this point. Uh, My heart wasn't fully in it. I think I dropped off to sleep pretty quickly. You did. Somewhere maybe 15 minutes into all this. Oh, okay. It was working pretty well for me. It's not as effective as holotropic breathing in getting visions. Yeah, I guess the method is slightly different, but... It was really effective at giving me like a blissed out feeling. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I could see why a person, you know, would say, oh, they were connected to source or whatever. It's just like this tingly feeling. And I also had an out of body experience. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which was pretty exciting. Tell me more. (laughs) So I haven't had any waking out of body experiences, Mm. I don't think. So basically, like, I was breathing, and I felt my body kind of uh, levitate off the ground a little bit, like maybe an inch, but it was as if there was an energy field under me. I felt kind of like what I would imagine it would be to be a hockey puck on one of those, like, air hockey tables. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like there's a plane of air supporting me. Gotcha. Okay. So I kind of realized that, and I thought, oh. I wish I had known. I would have just pushed you and then watched you sail across the room. Oh, I don't think that would have worked. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Am I misunderstanding what's happening here? No, continue. Um, I get it. I get it. I know. So yeah, I like, I felt that and I got kind of excited, but then I knew excitement could pull me out of it. So I was like, okay, no, it's cool. You're just kind of halfway out of your body. That's normal. Stay cool. Yeah. Don't lose it. Stay cool, Carrie. You know you're cool. And then I held my breath and then I felt my body go from completely horizontal to just go like... up to vertical. Carrie's hand is moving from prone to upright. Yes. And I remember feeling like, oh, this is what it's like to be Hannibal Lecter. Like I felt like I had been (laughs) lifted up continuously as if on wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And then I, and so I looked down and I turned around and I saw you and I saw me. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. I was aware, even as it was happening, that my imagination was doing this. Okay. But it was vivid? No. Okay. That's what I mean, actually. Because, like, I don't have a very good visual imagination. Gotcha. Like, when people talk about how they can picture something as if they were there, like, that's, I I don't relate to that at all, right? Mm -hmm. So, when I have to picture something, I, like, really have to concentrate. So, in this case, it was like, oh, there's Ross's head. Oh, Ross's head disappeared. Oh, there's my head. Oh, my head disappeared. You know, so it's kind of vague. But it was still cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And then I also went to my old church camp and walked around there. Mm -hmm. Went to some ghost town in the Old West, an Egyptian pyramid. And I think that's it. Did you walk in the pyramid? And if so, which way did the (laughs) stairs go? (laughs) You know, I actually, I wrote down Egyptian pyramid, and that's the only part I don't remember. Okay, because in most of them, the stairs go down. Oh, interesting. It's very 
very significant. <laughs> this is a reference to Gene Scott, if anybody's like, what the hell's happening? <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> so then when it was over, everybody, you know, sat up and came to and we started sharing our experiences. You were still asleep for a good four or five minutes. Cool. I needed it. <laughs> um, I did feel refreshed when I got Oh, up. good. Not fully, but it helped. So there was an older guy who was crying and... He raised his hand and said that he saw his soul and his soul said, nice to meet you. Oh, yeah. There were people afterward who told me that this was a bigger deal for them than the ayahuasca. Yeah. Like they had a more impactful spiritual experience. And I thought, okay. I mean, I can kind of believe that, especially if your trips on ayahuasca were bad and uncontrollable. Yeah. Or if you had the the body experience or or nada nada. also they didn't really want us to be very active like there were some times where i got kind of tetany in my hands and my hands were up above my head Ah. and they quickly ran over and like put my hands down put my feet up so it seems like they didn't want it to be as active as holotropic breathing okay which i think is why you stay in that sort of blissful state instead of getting to that like super visual and they give you some stops in your breathing whereas Mm -hmm. Yeah. With holotropic breathwork, it's all about keeping that breathing constant so you don't get enough carbon dioxide. That's so counterintuitive. I know. Well, because we don't think about how carbon dioxide is important to our breath, too. Right. But and it totally is. It's a part of the air that we do breathe and mm-hmm. need in our systems in yeah. proper amounts. Yeah, I guess oxygen's so fundamental to us. It's all we think about, but... Don't neglect CO2, everybody. That's one of those basic facts that you can surprise a lot of people with when you ask what the most common molecule in the air is. It's nitrogen. Nitrogen, yeah. It's 75% of Mm -hmm. air. Mm -hmm. I could look this up right now, but it's something (laughs) like that. But if we were plants, we'd be guessing that the air is all carbon dioxide because we see what is important to us. Mm -hmm. Amen. So we were told at the end of this to do our breath work at home as often as we can. They suggested something called 100 breaths to joy, which is 100 inhales, 100 exhales. Takes about five minutes. And that's just a good way to get back in touch with source when you're at home. Ah, okay. That's the 100 breaths to joy thing. Mm -hmm. I remember that coming up somewhere else. Okay. And Bert also shared his experience. He said that he met his inner child and his inner child said to him, so are you going to get me an onk? Oh, okay. And Bob was like, so I guess I better get him an onk. And it was in this very theatrical way. And he had also bought Rhythmia Life and I had seen him in the gift shop a few times. I felt a little bit like, Uh and maybe you wanted an excuse to buy an onk, but cute story. (laughs) Sure. Maybe he's just buying all that stuff for his inner child. Precisely. Yeah, so that was really fun. I really liked the breath work. Oh, good. I got a little bit of a nap. Which is always important. And that was just from 5 to 7.30. Mm -hmm. So just two and a half hours. Much shorter than the ayahuasca ceremonies. Yes, very much so. So we went to bed. I got a full night's sleep. That was awesome. (laughs) Nice. I, I was still, every time I had to go to the bathroom, I'd be smelling ayahuasca. Oh, man. It was so in my system. Oh, speaking of which, we haven't done our tincture spray. My clothes smelled of ayahuasca. 
I still don't know what it smells like, really. Well, I'm saying it smells of ayahuasca. I, I really, I mean, Vomit. it smells like, <laughs> no, it smells like that room where I was oh, taking ayahuasca. Okay. And that includes a lot of other smells that they were pumping. So oh, it's right. this very potent mixture of different fragrances. Right. And so it was just All pretty earthy. Yeah. And I've got a pile of clothes in my room that's just reeking this stuff because I've had multiple nights, especially my pajama bottoms. Wait, let me take some of this ayahuasca tincture. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There you go. Since we're going into ceremony right now, mm-hmm. I'm going to state my intention okay. because my intention was given to me on a slip of paper. But it looks like you haven't filled in that last line. Nope. I don't think they gave us pens when they gave us this. Yeah, that would have been a lot of pens. <laughs> so the first blank I'm supposed to fill in like God or spirit or something. So I'll say, dear spirit. Dear Spirit, if there is any part of me, my conscious, subconscious, or ego that possesses any trickery that would want anything to the contrary of my requested intention, I ask you to honor my words to you over any other request or contra energy right now and to disregard any energy other than these words that I speak. My intention is... That's quite the legal contract with the spirit there. Yeah, for real. So many clauses. My intention is... What's your intention? To sprout wings by the end of this episode. Okay. All right, do it. Okay, here we go. Okay, let's see if it does it. I heard she overdoes it. No, no. Yeah, yeah, I realize. Okay, so speaking of my pajama bottoms, mm-hmm. I had used them pretty much every night of the ayahuasca ceremony. And on that fourth night where I was floundering about shirtless mm-hmm. in the middle of a field, I was also picking up so many of these tiny little plant particles. I don't know which plant it's from. Mm-hmm. But it leaves these little tiny, tiny burrs, got prickly bits on them, and they stick to your clothes. Right. And normally you find a few like on the bottom of your pants. In this case, I'd just been rolling all over the grass, and I was completely covered in them, these pajama bottoms. Oh. So I just had... Sorry. No, that's... Swallowing my ayahuasca. That's all good. So I couldn't use my pajama bottoms again. Until I'd taken the time to get all of these little burrs off. But it wasn't the kind of thing where you could brush them off. Mm -hmm. You had to go pick every individual one. Oh, man. And each one has a diameter of maybe one and a half or two millimeters. Mm -hmm. They're very tiny. I took a picture of my pajama bottoms just covered in these things. And when I got home, I had to pull them out of a bag and pick them out one by one. So I, I listened to a good podcast And it took me about 40 minutes to extricate all of those little burrs from my pajama bottoms. Because I only have one pair of pajama bottoms. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. Really? I was tempted to burn them. (laughs) And I thought, no, no, no. It could be like the end of Wild Wild Country, though. Have you seen Wild Wild Country yet? Not yet. yet. Okay, well, I won't No, I'm dying to. Uh, They don't burn pajamas in it, but you'll get it. All right. Anyway, I think I just went back and I read some To Kill a Mockingbird and I went to sleep. Nice. So the next morning, got up, went to breakfast, had a muffin, had fruit, had tomatoes, had coffee. Cool. I had a muffin and probably other things. Do you like tomatoes? I would have to check my my food log. I mean, I like them within reason, usually in context of things. Uh Uh-huh. I love tomatoes. I like them more than Cara does. Oh, does she not like them? She does not like an uncooked 
mm-hmm. tomato. Claire doesn't either. So she'll hand them to me and I'll eat them. Hey, Claire hands hers to me. And I keep telling Cara that I am going to write her unauthorized biography and it's going to be called The Italian Who Didn't Like Tomatoes. Oh, yeah, that's right. You told me that. <laughs> Drew often saves his tomatoes for me out of his sandwiches. Oh. Yeah, but not even because he doesn't like them, just because he knows how much I like oh, them. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, went to Jerry's closing talk at 9 a.m. I actually got up pretty early, even before breakfast, to go to the yoga session. Oh, right. With that woman who's like a big deal yoga teacher, right? Well, they had advertised that because it says solar prana vinyasa yoga with Shiva Ray. Or is it Rhea? Shiva R-E-A. Okay. Two separate words. Anyway, so it wasn't her. Unless Sally... It wasn't her. Unless, we established who she was, but it wasn't her. Unless Sally is actually Shiva... Oh, I don't think so. ...Ray in disguise. But she's the woman who had helped me a lot during my panic attack and been an intermediary for oh, me. okay. And had just this glowing, wonderful presence about her. I remember being so thankful for her, but also feeling extremely embarrassed, of course, for how oh, I yeah. commanded her around. Oh, I, d- I didn't mention while I was under the influence that fourth night, at one point I turned around and I can't even remember what happened if I smacked her arm or, I don't know, maybe touched her inappropriately or something, but it was accidental, whatever it was. And I was just horrified and reeled back. Oh, and like, no. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. You didn't give me permission. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. And she's <laughs> no. like, that's okay. That's okay. And I don't even remember what I touched right. or did. I just remember being horrified that I'd crossed some boundary. Yeah, there comes that inappropriateness thought again. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's true. Huh. So I still had that going. Anyways, so she saw me come in as sort of the last person to join a group of maybe five or six who were doing yoga there in that open area portion of the flight deck. And she said, oh, so nice to see you here. It was very sweet. Yeah. So I followed through the yoga. She was a very good instructor, a very good explainer about, you know, where to position your body because I've done yoga Mm -hmm. a fair amount, but Mm -hmm. not regularly so Mm -hmm. when someone says one of the pose names if it's not downward dog or right you know cobra or something like that i don't know exactly what to do so it Mm -hmm. it was very well instructed and got a good sweat so yeah i was doing that at 7 a.m i love yoga but yeah 7 a.m that's that's never gonna happen with me (laughs) i wanted to make sure i did it at least once and i did and it was great now i kind of wish i'd been able to do it more but yeah 7 a.m after these ceremonies is crazy crazy Also, there's free time in the middle of the day where it seems like it would be better to place the yoga. They did also have it from 4 to 5.15 from Friday through Sunday. Oh, okay. We just must not have been able to do it at those times. Yeah, so they did give you some more yoga options. All right, I'll let them them off the hook on the yoga. So that was my only yoga session, but I loved it. It Good. Good. And I really like Sally. She's a, a good egg. Nice. I like yoga a lot. You like yoga a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want to be doing it a lot more. Yeah, me too. So the next thing was Jerry's closing group. Closing group. I wanted to be there for that. Well, the first thing Jerry said was, well, looks like we all made it. Looks a little rough there, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. Uh, He did another one of his straw polls. So he said, who here got surgery? I counted over a dozen people. So somewhere in that range. Right. And he writes up on the board, 70%. There was no way to read those hands as being 70% of the room. I think he just relies on nobody looking around. Yeah. So he said, how many had a merge, like a soul merge? Uh And it was about the same number of people who raised their hands. And he wrote 80%. (laughs) 
and then he asked about a heart. Who got a new heart? New heart. He 80%. also wrote eighty percent. Yeah, and, I would say there were more hands. Yeah, that I raised. wrote down more like fifty to sixty. Okay. Yeah, we're getting closer. At least. Um, <laughs> a body. And, oh, how many had bodies? I can't remember, but I raised my hand. Oh, okay. And then consult. I raised my hand as well. He also asked who found out what and who you should be. And he wrote 40%, and that actually seemed right this time. Okay. Good job, Jerry. He asked how many people had a nada. There were six. Yeah. Okay. So then we were supposed to turn to the people next to us <laughs> and tell them what we gained, which <laughs> I, it's not a bad question. But you looked at me like, I really have to do this. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to have to make up some bullshit now. Oh. I didn't gain anything. Oh. But I think you said something like, I made a lot of good friends. Well, that's true. I told the guy next to me, like, well, I decided I'm going to eat with my boyfriend more. He's like, oh, okay. I'm sure that's not what he expected from someone who just took ayahuasca. Hey, you never know. But he probably didn't realize I had You never know what people are going to get out of this. Jerry started into a lecture, first of all, telling us just how lucky we were to be born. And uh, he said, there are 400 trillion to one odds of you being born or conceived. That's such a bizarre number to put on it because, mm-hmm. sure, that's, that's a fair number. There's a but way you could get at that number, but you could kind of get at any number. Yeah, depending on how fine a level of contingency you want to split up. It's a we- weird thing to put a number on. Right. There's no real sensible number. But anyways, there's a 400 trillion to one odd of you having been born or conceived. You crushed that. Yeah, that's now. right. Yeah, so this reminds me of that Richard Dawkins passage at the beginning of Unweaving the Rainbow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, the we are the lucky ones because yeah. we get to die. Right. Most people are never born at all. Right. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. So he said, you're alive and have a ticket to the dance. The whole planet's a garden. Yeah, man. And he shares some statistics about improvements in poverty and violence and longevity and War and death and infant mortality. I, I really like this. I was thinking... Yeah, this is totally up your alley. Yeah, because this is what I've geeked out on in Steven Pinker's books, The Better Angels of Our Nature and Enlightenment Now, mm-hmm. which I recommend to everybody. I haven't read them. Those are both fantastic books. But that's the, the thesis of it, is that there is hard data and lots of support to show that things are getting better all mm-hmm. across the world. Yes, we can still point to things that are bad or broken, but... If you go back in the past, they were worse. Mm-hmm. And so that progress isn't defeatism or resting on your laurels to admit that progress. It's saying that us focusing on these efforts is worth it. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. It's an affirming thing. Anyways, I think I wrote in the margin here, wow, really like Jerry. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I, wow, that's uh, very forgiving of you, given what you had just been through. <laughs> I'm a forgiving guy. He said, we were born into the golden age. Yes, he did. He said, there's low poverty, low violence, longevity, low war death, low infant mortality. And he said, and we've got millennials. And I'm so used to hearing that <laughs> word when people are going to criticize that generation. But he was like, millennials have more get up and go than any previous generation. They want to change things. They want to make the world better. And I was like, oh, cool, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I had written millennials and then in parentheses, a question mark, because I wasn't sure what point he was making. So I'm I'm glad you remember that. that. I also wrote that he had mentioned, I know things look bad right Mm -hmm. now. We've got Donald Trump and North Korea and all these mass shootings. But these are the dead cat bounce. Yes. And I'd never heard this term before. I hadn't either. He made the financial analogy that if something is in massive decline and it's falling, Mm -hmm. it will then rise slightly again and then fall. But that little rise shouldn't be seen as a resurgence. It's just the dead cat bounce. Right. The same idea is like a death rattle. 
exactly. Yeah. This is just the dying gasp. Yeah. Of Conservativism. The maybe the old way of doing yeah. things. And he was pretty much lightly shitting on Trump. And I was thinking, oh, where's that lady who was telling me how right. you know Mueller's evil or whatever? <laughs> right. She wouldn't be too happy she about must this. Not like this. But he said, you know, it's named the dead cat bounce because if you throw a dead cat, it will bounce. It'll once. bounce once. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Well, I knew that part, Jerry. <laughs> And there is a Wikipedia for dead cat bounce. In finance, a dead cat bounce is a small, brief recovery in the price of a declining stock. I wonder if Schrodinger's cat, if that would bounce. <laughs> Only imaginarily. It could bounce and not bounce at the same oh, time. Whoa. What? What? So he told us about a Harvard study, a pretty old one, that showed that close personal relationships are what make you happy, not, not wealth, not success, mm-hmm. etc., and if you, say, get a raise, that'll give you a temporary bump in happiness, but that'll go away in three months. Mm-hmm. Win the lottery, 70% lose all of that money within five years. I've heard statistics like that. I've never like checked them out, but that is yeah. consistent with what I've heard. I'm sure, it's somewhere in the ballpark. So he told us to watch out for the return of the ego when we go home. We reunited our souls and our egos, but watch for the return of the ego. Sure. I don't know what all this means. Well, maybe that just means... The ego detaching again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overtaking you. Mm-hmm. Taking Be- more of its fair share. Becoming its own separate thing that you need to pay attention to. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So we need to watch where our feelings are coming from when we get home. You know, you're going to be in this big shift. Things mm-hmm. can, yeah, be kind of uh, misaligned or just new to you. Now, he also, during this, mentioned again how little his employees make. He was like bragging about it. Like, yes. oh, you guys would be so pissed if yeah, you knew like, how little I pay these You would be people. mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's to make sure that the people who are here want to be here. Uh-huh. That they're not what? doing it for the money. And then he asked us all to clap for the volunteers, which we did. And they all got a standing ovation, which at least it wasn't for banjos. <laughs> and then there was like this vague reference he made to them all getting $2,000 a month or so. So That's all the info we got on that. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a really strange thing to keep bringing up. I know. I like one thing he said here. He said that if he sees someone he doesn't like, he just remembers that person is one drink away from being me, meaning a drink of ayahuasca. Oh, okay. So if he sees someone like, oh, this person is a jerk, they just need some ayahuasca. That'll sort them okay, out. Okay. I didn't like it because it was true. I just liked it because it was a, a funny way to look at the world. Yeah, very there before the grace of mother go I. Exactly. Exactly. So there was one Australian guy there. I mentioned him before. I think he was the one who was like having spiritual sex with himself. Oh, okay. Anyway, we'll call him Anton. And he stood up and he said, you know... At first, I really just came here to party, and I'll tell you, for the first few days, I really was just partying. I wasn't thinking of this as a spiritual thing, but the breath work really brought me to the spiritual side Hmm. of this, and now I feel like I have more work to do. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that just sounds so strange to me. Oh, I did ayahuasca. Yeah, that's fine. But wow, that breath work. (laughs) That really hmm. impacted me. That's interesting. I mean, I could kind of see you relating to that in a way, because you had a positive experience. I with did, the breath work. Yeah, I did get a lot from my holotropic breath work. Right. Fair enough. But I mean, just after doing ayahuasca, ayahuasca seems to eclipse. So potent, yeah. Right, the, yeah. the breathing experience. And then Rosemary also said that she kept asking Mother Ayahuasca 
for a new heart and Mother Ayahuasca told her she didn't need one. And another woman said that too. Oh, I got the same message. I don't need a new heart. And Jerry was like, great. <laughs> Danny, well, I'll take anything. It completely <laughs> sure. contradicts what if, I said. If That's you're happy fine. and you're going to leave a positive review on TripAdvisor <laughs> and say yes. you got your miracle, yes. Then yes. Success. You, you too did not need a new heart despite what I said to everyone at the beginning of this week. <laughs> and then there was one guy who had painless surgery from Martians. Oh, this was the most crazy story. Uh, so Martians gave him a painless surgery. An owl was watching yep, him. An owl. And the owl then entered his brain and said, I am wisdom. I am with you always. He had this super detailed story. And he he was as entertaining as Jerry. Like, mm-hmm. he told a great story. This was my friend that I had met in the pool when we were... Oh, everybody likes to go to the pool. Everybody loves to go to the pool. <laughs> I met him after we had done the mud bath thing. So I already knew and liked this guy. So yeah, he's telling about this intricate surgery and these aliens and they've got all these apparatuses mm-hmm. hooked up to him. And so he tells the story and then... All of us are looking at this painting in the back of the room. Yes, because there's Jesus yeah, with we, his heart exposed, cords running up and down his body, and an owl. Sitting on his shoulder. Yes. It's, it's this amazing image. I think we tweeted it out before, so, yeah. shared it somewhere. Anyways, we'll post this again on uh, Facebook. <laughs> it was just amazing because it went pretty well with his story totally did and so he saw that and he's just like, oh, i can't this what i don't even i don't know how to process this oh my <laughs> this captured it so perfect oh. so he took pictures of it we were all taking pictures of it one has to wonder if he saw that painting before and forgot and it worked its way into his trip, oh, but maybe who knows? or i i think ayahuasca tends to follow these themes certain themes and, and so that's why they have those paintings particular there. trope then someone followed that up by saying, you know, the shaman from the first night, <laughs> he has the spirit of an owl. And so that's probably why you saw an owl and everyone was like, oh, <laughs> that's right. okay. Oh, that now explains sense. things. Hmm. <laughs> Another thing Jerry said that I really liked was that when we all return to the regular world, we're still going to lose our tempers every now and then. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be saints. But he said, the world doesn't need another saint. It needs you, the most Aww. authentic you. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, again, this is feeling a little bit like Christian camp to me. You know, you're going to go down the hill and things are going to be harder at home and you got to like keep up what you learned here at church camp. I remember that talk. Oh, speaking of the guy who had the owl experience, he also mentioned that the minions were involved and they oh, asked him banana? to make- they asked him to make detailed movements. Yeah, the ones from the Illumination Media mm-hmm, the movies. animations. Right. So just the minions being involved. It's like invoking SpongeBob or something in the middle of all these other right. mythic imagery. It's just your brain's doing weird things. That's yeah. the real answer. Not that the minions have special sacred meaning or yeah, something. Yeah, I wonder how many people see, you know, Donald Duck or whatever and then are like, oh, I can't report on that. That's not spiritual. <laughs> right. Well, I liked his honesty that he said, yeah, and the yeah, minions were the there minions. and I'm not sure why they were involved too. <laughs> One guy gave a really sweet little talk and he said that he loves himself for the first time and then he said, thank you, Jerry, for talking to the moon. Aww. Jerry also told us that we should talk to the incoming people, give them hope, tell them how good our weeks were. And I was thinking like, oh my gosh, 
I hope some new person comes in and says, Ross, what was it like? <laughs> what was it like? Also, the gentleman who had the tattoos coming up his neck that mm-hmm. I felt I had made so uncomfortable when I was in my trip, he had a heart story that he told here as well. And I should say, we talked to him later when we were talking to other people and I was doing my apologizing. I was saying, just want to say, I'm sorry. I could feel I was making you really uncomfortable. He said, no, man, no problem. I wasn't comfortable at all. So he was being super sweetheart. I still don't know if I believe that. He looked really uncomfortable (laughs) when I was interacting with him. But nice guy, really nice guy. Everybody's so nice there. One man stood up and said a very sweet thing. He said, you know, almost everyone here doesn't look like me and pointed to his olive colored skin. Because, you know, which is true. Most mm-hmm. of the people there were white. Right. And he said, when I first got here, I felt like I didn't belong, but I had this really profound experiences and those differences melt away. And then this woman raised her hand and stood up and she said, you know, I'm a police officer and I normally would have judged your past because he had mentioned before, like kind of having a having a legal record. Ah. So she said, you know, ordinarily that's something I judge, but this experience has really made me think about like how you're life has been so different from mine and have more empathy and stuff. So it was a really sweet moment. Jerry also coined the term burgery for a surgery by a bird. (laughs) That that sounds like an onrackism. There you have it, people. Burgery. (laughs) Uh, It ended with another standing ovation for Jerry and banjos. Yay. Yep. So then... We went ziplining. Yeah. So we'd signed up for this days before because they had had a list of additional add-on things you can do. Mm -hmm. And these were all extracurricular and additional cost. Mm Mm-hmm. So you could go out and go to the beach and like ride horses. Mm -hmm. They had all kinds of nature trails and hikes. But this particular one was a ziplining trip. Yeah. And we said, totally, we're down for that because one of the enterprising women within our group had tried to get other people to sign up and she'd come up to me and I'd said, oh yeah, Carrie and I were thinking about doing that one. We'll join you. So the bus came at 11. We all drove over. The bus came. At like 10.55 or something. And you happened to be the last person, but it still wasn't 11. Everyone was like, why aren't we leaving? Why aren't we going? Where is he? And I was like, it's, oh, yeah. it's not even the time. Yeah, I remember I was in my room and I was saying, oh, I got three minutes. My room was the closest room to uh-huh. the front where the bus was coming. So yeah, I thought, oh, I got three minutes. And all of a sudden I'm getting this text like, everybody wants you here, Ross. <laughs> they really were like, where is he? Oh my God. So I jogged up there. I was there two minutes before. Sorry, I felt bad. Bad, supposed like, to and everyone was giving me grief. I know, oh, it was so oh, weird. finally he arrives. Oh, okay. Like, well, this is the time we were supposed to get here. Hello. <laughs> oh man, that was weird. Then we went zip lining. Yeah, there were about I don't know, twelve of us or mm-hmm. whatever. But some was, people were really scared. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess a few were. It was really cool. It was a series of nine zip lines from tree to tree. So it started on the side of this hill, but then you went to a lone tree sticking up out of the I want to say forest it's jungle it was dry jungle and so someone kind of catches you there or you plant your feet down on this wooden set of planks and it's cool like yeah a little scary I can imagine for someone especially who has a fear of heights oh sure but you stop there you go on the next one I was pretty impressed with you Carrie because when they wanted us to go upside down if we were willing to try it you were like first one out there you're like yep (laughs) yeah do it yeah why not Yeah, you went off it. You just had no qualms whatsoever. No. But here's a hot tip. If you have womanly hips, 
If you go oh. upside down, don't let them shake the, the goddamn wire. It hurts a lot so of pressure. bad on your ribs. Even as a man on that last one, it was hurting a bit. It was mm-hmm. uncomfortable mm-hmm. because there was a yeah, guy. So maybe for everybody. There was a guy on the other end and he would oscillate the line and just pull yeah. all his weight down on it. And so you'd go way up in the air and then float down and way mm-hmm. up and it would mess with your stomach and your hips for yeah. sure. But it was really cool. And on the ride back, we saw a tree full of howler monkeys. Yeah, that was so cool. And that was not the first monkey I saw. Oh, you saw one earlier. I think you were still at a different tree when this happened. But I was waiting for some of y'all because I had already come across oh, on the that's zip right. line. Mm-hmm. And there was a monkey sitting in a tree just watching everybody go by on the zip line. <laughs> like she'd follow it with her head all the way from one side to the other. Crazy humans. And then... She kind of got bored, I think, or, you know, kind of settled in and she put her hands behind her to prop herself up and it was so human. That's cool. Yeah, it was crazy. Anyway, uh, yeah, then we saw those holler monkeys and there were a bunch of babies. Oh, yeah. They were carrying their babies and they would kind of get up and hoot and holler at us and the drivers of the van would look up at them and go, oh, 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 mm-hmm. oh, oh, and then they would respond with exactly that. Yeah. yeah, it was so cool. It was crazy. That was a big highlight. We also saw some gigantic iguanas. Yes. Carrie stares off in the distance. Now I she- was trying to remember the iguana. Yep, there was a giant iguana. And then they invited us to go back down and go like swimming and, and stuff with them. And this one woman from our group was like, we have to get back. We have to get lunch. Yeah, that was interesting. She really wanted to get back for the free lunch. We're like, oh, okay, well, there are 11 other people here or whatever. Uh, But okay, I guess we're all going to go back so she can get lunch. So we went back and we got lunch. We also at that place, we ran off for a little bit while everyone was getting their bearings once we'd arrived back. And you and I found (gasps) goats. Oh, we did. We, We totes found goats. We found sweet little goats who let us pet them. They were babies and a dog who had just given birth to puppies. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh Adorable puppies. So we've got pictures of all of the above. We already posted a picture of the two of us with the goat. Mm -hmm. You may have seen on our Facebook page, uh, but we'll post more pictures. So then we went back. I went and took a dip in the pool. Everybody likes Ah! to go to the pool. And then at 5 p.m., I got a massage. It was time for my one free massage. Oh, nice. Oh, boy. The hardest massage I've ever had. Oh. Like the most firm. Okay. It hurt at times. And usually I'm pretty much like, yeah, go hard. Like whatever you got, go for it. With her, I had to be like, okay, you can do it a little lighter. Wow. Yeah, it hurt. I remember my person asked if she should put more force into it or less, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's how I usually feel. Keep doing what you're doing. Or, yeah, I'm like, oh, if you want to put a little more elbow grease, that's fine. Not this time, no, <laughs> Okay. Sir. Oh, also, her hands immediately made me think <laughs> that she had been working at the colon cleanse center because it... Her hands smelled like that Oh, center. no. Not like poop, okay. but just like that weird smell uh-huh. in, in that place. And so, like, the whole time I was just, like, remembering my <laughs> terrible colon cleanse. But that wasn't her fault. But otherwise, great massage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then 6 p.m., we had more breath work. And I don't think you made it to this I one. I skipped out on this one. I think I was tired, and I thought, oh, it was just so much effort last night, and I didn't get much out of it. Fair enough. So here's what you missed. I was in that central room where the shamans are usually, and I looked around for you and I didn't see you, so I just took a seat. The process itself was 
the same. I didn't get as much out of it this time, though. I just got to like a blissful state and stayed there. There nice. were no, no visions or anything. No out-of-body experience? Nope. No one played air hockey with you? No. <laughs> um, but uh, afterward, we did the same thing where everyone shared their experiences. One guy had had water go from his belly to his heart, cleansing his heart. All right. Another woman said she had the most intense physical experience in her whole life. She said, breath work feels like a full body orgasm, but not sexual. All right. And then she said, I think breath work might be my thing. And everyone applauded for her. Nice. It's something you can do anywhere. Yeah. And then one guy <laughs> took so long articulating his thoughts that people would think he was done and start talking. Oh, no. And then Marty could tell, oh, this guy's not done. So he'd let someone say something and then return to that guy and be like, it's so sorry, you were saying? And he'd he'd kind of chuckle to himself oh. and be like, oh, yeah, <clears throat> okay, so... And then take a long, dramatic pause thinking and someone else too far away to really like understand what was chance. happening here. Yeah, it would be like, well, I had a great time. <laughs> Very funny. Guy couldn't get his thoughts out. One person asked if yawning a lot is okay during breath work. Oh. And Marty said, yep, it means you're purging energy. All right. And then this one woman who I had met at dinner a few nights before, the one who said that her daughter was her miracle, No, she did get to do the breath work and she said, you know, I didn't do plant medicine. Since I didn't do the medicine, I've been kind of jealous all week, but now I feel like I got to experience what all of you are talking about. And she kind of teared up. Oh, that's great. So that was pretty much it for the breath work. And that was it for Saturday. So we woke up on Sunday. We had our interview with Dr. Jeff scheduled. This was our last day. So you've heard our interview with Dr. Jeff. We went to his domicile. He has room slash house slash apartment, kind of like Jerry's. Mm -hmm. That's where we conducted that interview. Liked him. He's a very cordial, sweet guy. And I feel like Jerry is really good at the enthusiasm for Rhythmia, but mm -hmm. Dr. Jeff should probably do a lot more speaking for Jerry in certain situations. Mm -hmm. I, I think he did the best job one could do of finding some sort of balance between their approach and a more medical one. Uh, he was willing to go along with a lot of the things that we said, but then he would kind of turn around and say the exact opposite. Well, you heard the interview. Yeah. So. I don't know if I'd say the best version, but you know, it's one of those situations where everything around you is like pretty wacky. So the person who has like right. some... Well, they believe plants have intentions <laughs> right. for you. So I think that was the best version of that that you could get. Yeah, you know, speaking of plants talking, I'm surprised that none of the plants said kukuma to you. Kukuma, 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 kukuma. Because I think that's what that lady at the anti-vax rally said. She heard it from plants. Could have been a different species. We were in oh, Costa Rica. Oh, you're right. That's a good point of being a plant breedist. Whole different flora. I, I must confess, when I hear the word fauna, uh -huh. I think of plants. Oh, um, thank word, you for confessing that. You know, I'm telling the world, <laughs> being open about it. And when I hear flora, it sounds like plants. So I always yeah. have to stop and think, well, flora, that's clearly the one that means plants. So the other one is fauna. I think that I kind of do that animals. too. Maybe not quite as mm, lucidly as as it sounds like it is for you. Okay. But I think I kind of do the same thing. I just thing. W wish we called it flora and animals. Animals. 
<laughs> Flora and Animalia. Indeed. Yeah, well, you know about the interview. By the way, that interview was done with our Zoom recorder resting on a bongo. True so, fact. So that's important for you to know. But listen, we're going to tell you some more about Rhythmia. We're going to tell you our wrap-up. We're going to tell you our final thoughts. But first, we have some pretty good news. That's right. We are still in maximum fun drive Max mode. Max fun drive. It's still your favorite 11 days of the year. <laughs> and we now have completed so many of our goals. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to tell you about our stretch goals. Yep, which we've had in our back pocket for a little bit. So if you get us to 3,500 new and upgrading on rack donors. These are our bonus stretch goals. What, what's going to happen if they do that? Oh my gosh. This is a pretty exciting one, I think. Okay. We will have the first Ross and Carrie national tour. Yeah, it'll be fairly small in scope, but what? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> when you say national tour. Well, I was going to clarify. Okay. Okay, for us, national means a show on either coast. Yes. And one show somewhere in the middle of the country. So you shouldn't have to go more than four or five states to reach us wherever you are. So we'll do at least three live shows around the United States. Yeah. Now... Sorry, Australia listeners. Well, I'll see you guys in a little bit. I'll be in Australia in October to speak. That's true. But listen, I'm really gunning for Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Oh. Because... They have the National Pigeon Museum. I want to go. That's, that's why you want to go? Yeah. I kept thinking of Austin, Texas, because I went I there like, for South by Southwest. I love Texas. I actually do. I really like Dallas. I was just wearing but, my Texas shirt the other day that I've had since I was 10 and still fits oh, me. Oh, wow. Drew grew up in Texas. Not because I haven't grown since I was 10, but because it was very large on me when I was Got a it. kid. Uh, yeah. So maybe we'll come to your town, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Yeah, let us know where you want us to go. No guarantees that you can control the outcome, but we do want your feedback. If we get there, maybe we'll do a poll on Facebook, see yeah, how there many we go. people vote for different cities. For Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I would love to go to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma as well. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying anything uh, bad about Oklahoma City. And what will happen, Carrie, if we get to 4,000 new and upgrading members? Okay, so first of all, you get a new episode, because as you guys all know, every 1,000 new and upgrading members, we release a new episode You're for you. You're listening to one right now. Yep, but <laughs> something else, too. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> okay. we decided this would be a tough goal to reach, but let's make it enticing. I don't know if this is enticing. We are going to try urine therapy. Which is something we have put off for a number of years, but it is drinking your own pee because some people think that this has medicinal benefits. Yeah, I have a friend, a person that I knew in middle school that I'm friends with on Facebook who is a very big urine advocate and he wears it as sunscreen and... <laughs> Uh-huh. He sent me this 221-page PDF PDF uh-huh, called good. Your Own Perfect Medicine by uh-huh. Martha M. Christie. So if you get us to 4,000, I will read the entire PDF, and I will drink my pee. And I will read a book that a listener sent us. She found it in her dad's stuff after he passed away, <laughs> and presumably not I'm, of I'm not laughing at him urine. passing away. I'm laughing that... The situation of oh, her yeah. finding this in his yes, collection. Yes, some people look through their parents' stuff and find a dildo. 
Sure. She looked through her parents' stuff and found a urine therapy book. So she sent it to us. She knew exactly what to do with it. <laughs> and we said, yes, you did the right thing. So yeah, it's called Drink Your Own Water. Great. And I'll read that. We'll compare notes and we'll see what we need to do to tackle urine therapy. And we promised to use the phrase urine trouble somewhere mm-hmm. in the title of the episode. So can you guys do it? Can you make us drink our pee? Can you do it? Because if you don't get us there, we're not going to do it. We'll put it That's off again. That's right. And I genuinely want us to get brush right past 4,000. I want you to make me drink my pee. Do it. So go to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate to make that happen. So after talking to Dr. Jeff, then we had to pack up our stuff. This is where I put the SD card in my pocket, mm-hmm. thinking I was doing a great thing for the world. And then we went out to sign out at the front desk and fill out some final forms. They wanted us to talk about our experience and rate them. And they're trying to say, you know, no pressure, but... Did like, they say no pressure? Uh, they didn't, but I, I think they were trying to... Tell us to be honest, but at the same time, there's just so much expectation there. Oh, there's so much pressure to reframe everything as a miracle. That they want this miracle. So here's the form. It says, exit survey right under the Rhythmia logo. And we deeply appreciate your honesty and time as this will help us to improve and help others better. So we are given a scale here of one to five. One is poor, two is fair, three is good, four is very good, and five is excellent. You're used to our ratings, so you're there. Rate your accommodations, room, bathroom, and maid service. I gave that a three. Four. Okay. How would you rate the food? Five. Five. Please Please rate rate the the restaurant restaurant staff. staff. Five. Five. Please rate the spa staff. Three. Four. Please rate the guest services staff. Four. Four. Please rate your experience with the medical staff. Three. (laughs) Um, How was your experience with the plants therapist? That's interesting the phrasing. Therapists. The plants therapists. Uh, three. three. How, How was, was your, your experience with, with the staff, staff of your program? program? Four. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! It's like we're in lockstep or something. Uh-oh. So then it says, "Was there anything you feel we could improve in our service?" I said, "Yes. If an experience of actually dying is typical or even known, I put actually dying in all caps." That should be communicated in the ample prep discussions when I was in that terrifying situation and asked to be taken to the hospital, I should at least have seen some medical staff and I would have been largely reassured if I knew they had an eye on me and could handle the situation. That's what I wrote. And that's even being a little forgiving, like making the assumption that you were not in trouble, Mm -hmm. which is already, who knows? I said there should be a sober person or two inside every ceremony, perhaps on the tincture if like that's important to you. Anyone who wants to go to the ICU should be sent there. I don't feel my friend was entirely safe. Everybody wants to go to the ICU. (laughs) Okay. And then what was the highlight of your stay with us? What impressed you most? So I said, the food is amazing. I put Mm -hmm. that all in caps. And the talks with Jerry and Paula in particular were great and engaging. The real highlight was meeting so many wonderful people, both staff and fellow participants. Nice. I said, breathwork, food, ziplining, pool, hammocks. 
All right. Yeah. You know, and then later I realized I should have mentioned Paula. So I, I, I feel like I mentioned her on like something online. Oh, okay. Make sure so, that they knew you knew. Yeah. That she's great. So then they ask, would you come back? Yes or no? You circle At one of them. At that point, I said yes. Okay. What about uh, you? I circled no, and then I wrote next to that, my wife would never agree to it <laughs> after my experience. That's fair. I mean, I didn't take plant medicine, so the idea of coming back sounds like, oh, go back and eat some good food. Oh, yeah. Lay I, in some hammocks. I remember thinking at that time, yeah, I'd be open to it, but mm-hmm. now I can't. Oh, yeah, and now I would say no. So, did you receive your miracle? Ah, the important question. I circled no. Me too. And I wrote to the side, a lot of great experiences and visions and insights, though I'm not sure I'm ready to call it a miracle. Yeah. I don't feel that the laws of the universe were stopped for me. So Uh, then I signed it January 28th, 2018. Me too. Room 51. Room 69, baby. (laughs) So... There you have it. And then we took a plane ride home. Yeah. Jerry told us that after a few days passed, you would realize that what you had been through had actually been good. So let's hear it. Do you (laughs) feel like that was actually really, really good? Well, one thing I can say is that DMT apparently takes about four or five days to work its way out of your system. Mm -hmm. And that was, I think, true in my case. Every night after that final ceremony, I would have these panicky feelings as I was going to sleep, sort of the hypnagogia and the hypnopompic hallucinations Mm -hmm. where I would really fixate on something or I'd be really worried about some imagined problem, which I've had before, but it would be so much more regular than usual. Mm -hmm. So I had that for about four or five nights afterward. And I remember every now and then getting this weird flooding of my brain where I was having a hard time fixating on things. And I remember being at work after coming back because I was back at work on Monday and someone talking in a meeting, me having to just really focus to hear uh what she was saying. Okay, Uh that meant this. Okay, yeah, and saying that now. Oh, focus, focus. So I was a little worried at that moment. Like, oh, no, what has this done to me? Yeah. But that probably would have been about three days after the ceremony. I didn't have any blissful feeling. I'm happy to be alive. I'm Uh always happy to be alive. And I was happy to be back with family. But the claim was you'll look back on that night where you thought you were dying and you'll be like, that was a great time. Well, I think you've all already heard my reflections upon that night Mm -hmm. and kind of how I view it now much later. Yeah, I don't think I had what they were describing. Mm -hmm. Maybe I would if I interpreted the experience the way they wanted me to and the way they look at those experiences, but I see it as the effects of a drug that interacts with your brain and does very specific things. Mm -hmm. So, no, I don't think that was true. So we'll see you again soon. We've got one final episode of Rhythmia coming at you that will tie all this together. We'll tell you what happened afterward, how Jerry reached out to us and tried to dissuade us from releasing our episodes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and some other really sad news that we got afterward. And thank you so much for getting us to 3,000. Thank you so much. Thank you. So if you haven't donated yet, it's your turn. So you can go to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate and help us push us over to that goal. I know what you're thinking. All these other listeners, they're going to be supporting Ross and Carrie. You know, maybe if they really need it, I can help out later on. Now's a great time to do it. This is that moment. 
This is the moment you've been waiting for. We are in the max fund drive. Mm -hmm. This is the two weeks of the year that it really helps us the most if you donate. And you get all of this cool stuff. Don't you want that owl pin? I know you want that owl Don't you want access to all those downloads, all the bonus content that we've done in past years, and the new album that we just released of us singing all our favorite Disney tunes that we could kind of remember? (laughs) Someone tweeted at us and said her Darkest fear was that we didn't sing Be a Man from Mulan. Mulan? And I was oh. like, oh, I'm sorry we didn't. It was your darkest fear. Oh, no, it's been realized. Well, it was on the list, the short-ish list, but didn't get onto the shorter yeah, list. Hey, I, d- I wouldn't be able to do it at all. We had a lot more Disney songs that we thought about. So maybe someday in the future, we'll do another Disney album. In the meantime, enjoy this one. I hope. I hope you enjoy. <laughs> I hold a note for a really long time. You sure do. Uh, so thank you everybody and hopefully we'll see you in 25 minutes when you push us over 4,000 and we'll release another episode that's right I love you well that's it for this show our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton our editor is Victor Figueroa our administrative manager is Ian Kramer you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C. See pictures, see videos, see all this rhythmia stuff we've been talking about. Also find us on Twitter at Podcast. O-H-N-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Oh, is that how you spell podcast? <laughs> you can also leave us positive reviews at iTunes, TripAdvisor, all those places. Yelp. Sure, Yelp. Why not? Just use the American Cement Building, which is where Maximum Fun is housed. It'll Ooh. really confuse people when <laughs> they are using Yelp. And remember, yo, guys, this might be the deepest song in the history of songs. Roll your boat. What is the boat? This this body, this life form. Are we not 75 percent water rowing every time we walk? The song says, roll your boat. Take control of your life. You are the captain of your ship. Stop worrying about somebody else's boat. Don't take their paddles from them and try to row for them. You can give them direction, show them technique, but they have to row their own boat and you have to row yours. Gently down the stream, gently, not forcefully, not fighting against the current, but going with the flow. You, you heard that phrase before, go with the flow of life because when you argue with reality you lose maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned listener supported